Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast, Brady Running Backs and More Edition. We have a lot of off-season news for you, and as usual, I'm Hakun Wong, Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time, and on the phone with me is Ryan Whitfield, Senior Staff Writer from Football Garbage Time. So, Ryan, I have to ask, what do you think your uh, Celtics chances are now they managed to pull one out last night? Oh, it's uh, it is. There's they're still absolutely zero point zero percent. You know, <laughs> okay. last night was uh, game, last night was fun. I mean, it, it was, but I'll tell you, um, you know, they've talked about the sports radio around here today, and uh, people I've talked to as well um, had a very similar experience to me last night, where most of us had the game on in the background, but we're just checking our phones and uh, perusing social media, and not paying uh, paying attention to it at all until uh, all of a sudden I looked up and realized it was eighty five eighty. You know, I had uh, last I knew it was we were down 22, so I, you know, I had it on, but right. I, was, I was not paying attention for most of the comeback because I had uh, resided to the fact we were going to lose by 50 again. <laughs> right. Well, it was actually it was interesting. You know, I mean, the first game without Isaiah Thomas, I was actually very impressed with the way it actually all came together, and also it was all I think I believe it was LeBron's worst game playoff game in history. So uh, you know, it's going to be hard to count on that again. But hey, it made it a, made it a series being down. 2-1 is not the end of the day. There could be uh, there could be something else in the future. Who knows? Uh, although, we get honestly, we get one more uh, game at the Garden to hold us over till until uh, football season. So um, <laughs> you know I'll take it. One, you know in a couple extra days of the season. Yeah. No. And actually, I'll say this. The, the other thing I, I wanted to mention to you is that I finally saw a game over at uh, at Fenway, and I want to mention it the last time. So you, you've seen games at Fenway before, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you, what do you think about the food at Fenway as compared to other ballparks? Um, you know, it's, it's it's pretty average, but I mean, the the whole the whole experience is, uh, you know, it's it's not a high end experience over there. You know, you, you, you get the right. obstructed view seats. Um, the seats are really tiny, but uh, you know, you make the best right, of it. Right. It's uh, it's an old timey ballpark, so you you enjoy it for what it is. Well, I love the ballpark. I, I was just saying that the food, though, man, I. That was like the worst pizza I've ever had. That was probably my mistake number one was getting pizza at Fenway. But the lobster roll there was out of this world, although it would cost me like three times as much to eat that. I'm just saying. Great bell part. Oh. Uh, I might actually go get food elsewhere. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever eaten anything there aside from uh, from peanuts or hot dogs. So uh, I'll <laughs> yeah, trust your, uh, your review call. on it, though. <laughs> that's a good call on your part. All right, so let's get going. We got some stuff to cover today. We're going to be talking about... The uh, entire Giselle Tom Brady thing and concussion, quote-unquote. Uh, the running back situations for the Eagles and the Broncos. Some more way too, uh, some more way too early predictions. And quite a few other things. And that was the wrong drop. Wow, that was also the wrong drop, but that's just kind of appropriate. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> let's, just get, let's get rolling before I hit the wrong drop again. All right, let's talk about Tom Brady. Let's talk about Giselle. Last week, uh, Giselle dropped uh, during an interview on ABC that Tom Brady has had concussions. In fact, he says he's had several concussions over the year, over last year, and prior to that. Of course, there's been a lot of reaction, and uh, part of that reaction is because it's a slow news week for the NFL. And, of course, they talked to John Yee, his agent, and he says that there is no no concussions in his history. Nothing has been identified. He's never been diagnosed by it. 
And the NFL has come out and also said that there is no record of any uh, diagnosis of concussion. So what are your what are your thoughts here on this, Ryan? Is this just uh, a lot to do about nothing, or is there something in between going on? What are your thoughts about this entire, like, quote-unquote concussion issue that's been floating with Tom Brady? Yes, I really have three main takeaways or three, uh, three main areas that, you know, um, matter to me in the story. First of all, I would like to clarify um, what, what Don Yee said was that he's never been diagnosed with a concussion. He did not come out and say Brady did not have concussions. Um, you know, but it's, uh, it's, it's what the NFL is. They, uh, they're, they're pretending to care about concussions, um, but they don't care. At the end of the day, they're caring enough so they don't get sued again. Um, but at the end of the day, they, they'd, they'd rather their players play through concussions. You know, when's the last time, you know, how often do you see a real bona fide star player come out in the concussion protocol mid-game, right? It's true. It's usually, true. It's usually lower-level players that don't make an effect. And you know what? At the end of the day, the NFL opened up an investigation to this, or the NFLPA did. Um, nothing will come out about it because – they don't. They want. They want the quarterbacks to go back in there. They don't. They don't want Brady missing a game. They don't want, um, you know, Phillip, the Philip Rivers or Eli Manning's of the world coming out with a. Hey Brian, we lost you a little bit. We lost you a little bit there. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm just saying that you know they don't. The NFL doesn't want, you know, uh, the star quarterbacks. You know, if you have a matchup, Cam Newton versus Tom Brady. They don't want a situation on a Monday Night Football where they both come out in the concussion protocol in the first quarter. They want them in there. They don't care if they're dinged up or not. So if the players are willing to play through it, um, you know, they're going to bury this. So I don't think that's that big of a deal. Um, I think, you know, some of the stuff, uh, you know, more of an optics thing. Brady uh, with his concussion water with him and Guerrero. Now, I know he hasn't talked about that in years, but um, when you're out there talking about concussion water to find out that you might have been having concussion um, is not a good look for Brady. It looks like... He's covering up, you know, something when he was at one point promoting a product that claimed that he didn't get concussions. Um, but also, and the, the last thing is just, you know, Giselle needs Giselle, Giselle needs to go away. Um, I, I know I saw you like my Facebook post last week that she's gone full Yoko Uno. Um, yep, but yep. there's a conspiracy theory in New England, and I and I buy into it that uh, Giselle's on the record saying she doesn't want Tom to play anymore. So, you know, true, right? I wouldn't put it past her. I think she knows what she was doing. Um, you know, I think I think she came out to this on purpose to put some pressure on him to, you know, keep trying to push him to walk away, you know, like like spouses often do when they want their way, um, you know, kind of pushing for it. So I think that part's interesting. And, you know, the part that she cut out in that interview, if you listen to it, she goes, you know, he's like, oh, he had a concussion last year. You know, he has concussions, and you know, and we don't talk about it, but he's had them. She was about to say every season. So, uh, you know, Brady, Brady's no, you know, as, as much as he might be the, the greatest player to ever play, he's no different than everybody else, and the, the sport's a nasty, dirty sport. Um, but, you know, as a Patriot fan, um, you know, I, I love you, Tommy, but, uh, you know, your your long-term health's not really my concern, so please keep going back out there and keep uh, keep bringing wow. the party. Wow. Okay, well, I'll say, I'll say this, though. That, you know, Brady has been sacked 417 times in his career, and he's probably been hit you know, many, many more times than that uh, in the backfield. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that athletes will do whatever it takes to conceal these types of injuries, not just concussions, but all types of injuries in order to get, in order to play through them. Now, I don't think for concussions it's right. I think the NFL should step up, maybe get more spotters in there, maybe have more stringent requirements, maybe do more in order to test players to make sure to, to save them from themselves. Because players will always try to play through. And as an example of that, 
you know, back in 2011, this is nothing new. Now, back in 2011, Maurice Jones-Drew actually said that he hit concussions all the time because, quote, no one's going to sign a guy or want a guy who can't stay healthy. And, in fact, in 2015, Eagle safety Malcolm Jenkins also said that he, uh, he also went in when he had a concussion and covered it up. And this is what he had to say about that. He said, quote, I just kind of kept it to myself, which I really shouldn't have done. The medical staff and the coaching staff were kind of afterward. I think they all trust my own judgment. Nobody really knew anything or asked me anything. I was still able to digest the plan. We were just making adjustments, and I was still making calls. So the bottom line is players are trying to find a way. The coaching staff probably will try to find a way as, as much as everyone hates to hear it. NFL needs to step up and find a way to monitor them, hold them accountable for it, because honestly, this is a bad thing. You know, concussions can cause lots of long-term issues, and we don't want that for our favorite players. But uh, that being said, they're, they're grown men, right? They're grown men. They can make their own decisions. If they want to go in and do this, then they go in and do this, and they've been doing that. And that's, I think, what Tom Brady's been yeah, doing. The- and I do think... Right. No, I was just gonna say I, I agree with you. I mean, that's 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 where I lie in it now. When I said that thing, you know, it's not me being heartless about Tom. Um, it's it's at the end of the day, you know the risk, and you know there there is a payoff. Like you make a lot a lot of money, you know, and you get to do a lot of things that us average people don't do. And and the the trade off is that you might you might not have a great quality of life past fifty. Uh, but that's on them to make the decision. The the concussion issue in the past was that they just called it getting your bell rung. And they told you can cut they told players like Mike Webster, right. the the old Pittsburgh center, um, that you know, that no, there's no long term effects when they had when they had tons of scientific data and research that it did have long term effects. So, you know, there there's no longer this misconception that concussions aren't dangerous. You know you know what the dangers are and, and if the player wants to go out there, um, and you know, and, and, and take on that risk to, to have the you know, to have the fame and to, to win the championships and do that now um, you know, I think that's on, I think that's their choice. So if Brady wants to keep going back in there, that's on him. I I, I understand Giselle's position that you know you you don't want to be you know having to take care of him and him have CT by the time he's forty you know or not. I guess he's almost forty five now, but by the time he's fifty five, right, right. um, you know, right. and that you know you're basically raising your kids alone at that point. So I get her part of it, but um, you know at this point, if they get to make it a waiver sport, make it a waiver sport. You know, sign a waiver and say hey. I understand the risk that I'm going in. What the NFL used to do that was wrong was the fact that they were hiding, you know, information, and they were they were basically selling cigarettes to kids and saying, "Hey, uh, there's no health no health effects here." Right. So I agree with all that, and I do think that the coaching staff has some responsibility here to save the players from themselves. But you know, we'll see what happens going forward. This is definitely uh, interesting. The best thing I can say that came out of this is that the people as people have been talking about it because of what Giselle said. So it's pretty clear that people actually do care about concussions and that that being an issue in the NFL. Um, and it's not just a sensationalized story. Uh, people actually are concerned for Tom Brady's health. It's not just like, oh, those Patriots are doing this again. Not me. So I think it's nice that we're getting that narrative. Yeah, I, I just All said right. not me. I don't care about their health. Play through it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's what I was like. We're going to on that note, let's move on to something else. Let's talk about LeGarrette Blunt, another guy from former Patriot now, signs a one-year contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and this is really interesting. LeGarrette Blunt had a fantastic season last year. Uh, he had over 1,000 yards rushing, led all running backs of 16, uh, touch, 18 touchdowns. Uh, he's, he was really solid. He was a big part 
of making the New England Patriots uh, successful throughout the regular season and into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl win. So let me let me ask you first of all, how does Legarrette Blunt leaving the Patriots impact the Patriots? And number two, how does Legarrette Blunt going to the Eagles help the Eagles? Um, well, for, from a Patriots perspective, bye, see ya. Thanks, thanks for all the memories. Um, you know, I, I, I could care less that Legarrette's gone. I actually have a really good, uh, good friend that is a, is a, is a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan, and uh, he messaged me um, the morning of the signing. He went, we just got blunt with exclamation points, and I laughed in his face. Um, you know, don't don't let, the, don't let the touchdown numbers don't let the touchdown numbers fool you. Last year, uh, among qualifying running backs. Um, but Garrett Blunt was 29th in yards per carry last season. That is trash. He sucks. You know, I started to I started to buy into him. You know, halfway through the season last year, and really buy into what he was doing. But then he petered out down the stretch, like he always does. And then he did nothing for you in the postseason. And he has two Super Bowl rings, and he did nothing in either Super Bowl. I think he had one touchdown. I think I, I'm pretty sure he ran one in. Um, in Seattle, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but if he did, it wasn't a very memorable play. So may, at most, he had one touchdown in the two Super Bowls. He never, he never was an impact in the playoffs except for that one AFC Championship game. Uh, he's on the wrong side of 30, and he's a behavioral guy. And I'm not one of these, one of these Patriot fans to tell you about the Patriot way and get all honkish about it. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the guy, the guy was an issue in Oregon. He was an issue in uh, Tampa. He was an issue in Pittsburgh. The only place he hasn't been an issue is New England. So, um, bring in that headache, and uh, good luck to you. Um, you know, if you can get him to buy in and just be your your hammer down on the goal line, um, you know, I, I I assume he can maybe take some carries away and keep Matthews healthy. But Matthews was 17th in uh, yards per carry last year, so he was, you know, on a, on a per rush attempt was was, you know, uh, twice as good as, you know, not twice as good, but like, you know, 15 running backs better than LeGarrette was last year. So, um, you know, I think it's a good veteran signing uh, for them to just, uh, you know, bring in somebody into camp. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it out of Philly's uh, training camp this summer. I mean, you know, the the thing I always say to people when they get excited about these late, these late veteran signings is that, you know, if the rest of the league was willing to let him sit out there all the way till May and your coach was you know, your GM, you know, how he, how he was willing to let LeGarrette Blunt sit out there until almost June, which means he doesn't like him that much. Because if he liked him that much, he would have gone and signed him earlier. So, um, you know, best of luck to you. I hope you enjoy your two rings. But, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not crying any tears over LeGarrette Blunt even. So I'll say this, though. I mean, didn't the – I think the Patriots actually offered – tendered him, kind of restricting his ability to get signed – uh, for a while, so that might have actually slowed down his market a little bit. But that being said, I don't think Legarrette Blunt is like a huge get for anybody. I certainly don't think that he's uh, you know a difference maker in the greater scheme of things. I do think that he's a good between the tackles running back for short yardage situations, which is where he excelled and where he basically picked up all his touchdowns last year. He really didn't wasn't a long he wasn't the guy who scored from uh, you know, third and twelve or third and fourteen, third and long. So, you know, that being said, the Eagles have a problem. They don't have a great running back setup there. And if I if I remember correctly, I think that uh, Ryan Matthews is basically gonna be I mean, I, I have assumed that Ryan Matthews is gonna be on his way out at some point. I mean he's 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 gonna be out and he's gonna be let go and he's gonna end up someplace else. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a LeGarrette one and Darren Sproles show. 
I think he could be effective there. I think that the Eagles have improved their offense uh, pretty significantly. Their offensive line is now healthy. Uh, I think that will help him get yards. Um, he was terrible. He, uh, he was terrible with uh, yards per carry last year, but he's been able to get up as high as about you know five yards per carry. Two seasons he had five yards per carry. That's not bad. If he can do something in the order of four and a half to five yards per carry uh, in Philadelphia, I think that might be just enough to give Carson Wentz the time he needs to. Uh, find guys down the field. So, for a one-year contract, I'd say it's a decent signing. It's not something that's going to break the bank, but I don't think it's a superstar signing either. So, I totally agree with you. I don't think it really impacts the Patriots one iota. Uh, all right. So, any last thoughts about the Garrett Blunt before we move on to the uh, the other uh, situation that we want to talk about? I mean, yeah, just, you know, for me, the biggest concern uh, with him is that defenses are going – um, you know, they're less plotting now, and defenses are, are more, you know, a speed game. Um, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the, the Patriots, you know, seems like to play that speed game. And LeGarrette Blunt's great once he, gets in, once he gets going downhill. The issue is he has to get three or four yards beyond the line of scrimmage before you really see that. Um, so if he's your primary back, that's not getting better with age. So well, we'll see. Yep, there's definitely a lot to be seen there. I think there is definitely some there's some potential here, but hey, one year contract, what the heck if he fails to get this kind of all right, let's ring the doorbell on that one, and let's go ahead and move on to the next thing that we want to talk about, and that's the really convoluted running back situation over in Denver. Uh, they have C.J. Anderson, as we all know, but they signed Jamal Charles during the offseason, and they also have Devontae Booker, who they really only got two years ago. And then they managed to sign one other guy, uh, a six-round pick, D'Angelo Henderson out of Coastal Carolina. So they got four running backs there now, two veterans, one guy looked like he was going to be the guy. Didn't really turn out that well last year. What are your thoughts here on how this is all going to shake out in Denver? Um, you know, for my money, it's uh, C.J. Anderson um, is the guy that you know I I would I'd put my money on. You know, Booker. I think especially a lot of us in the fantasy world um, really really uh, jumped on uh, <laughs> yeah, jumped on him, but uh, that never really panned out. And I just um, I've just never been a big Jamal Charles fan. Um, I know it's it's one of those, and again, sometimes you see this in the free agency. You get this sexy name out there, and everyone gets excited about the guy. Can't stay healthy. Um, he's just he's just not my. I just he's, he's too much of a finesse running back in my opinion. He just he when, when was the last time he was a top five running back? Three four years ago now. Um, so and you know and running back the the even if you can stay healthy. The, the shelf life is so so short on, on running backs. Um, so now you got a guy who's who's been banged up a bunch coming back. Um, so I don't know. I, it just it feels like their philosophy is uh, fling a bunch of crap against the wall and see what sticks. Um, so maybe one of these guys pans out. But if, if, if I'm if I'm a betting man, I, I'm putting my money on C.J. Anderson early. Um, you know, again, Jamal Charles is one of those guys that kind of sat out there a little bit, and it just um, it's a philosophy I go by, and it usually pans out that. Um, you know, the, you typically you don't win on day one of free agency, but you usually don't win on day 30 either. So, um, you know, the longer the guy sits out there, if 32 teams aren't jumping at the bit for you, it, it kind of says that the scouts, you know, know something and they watch the all 22. So, um, you know, I, I just I don't think Jamal Charles is going to be a difference maker in Denver. So I I, uh, I do think that C.J. Anderson is going to be the starting guy. 
out there. I mean, I really got to give him another shot at kind of carrying, toting the rock. But um, Jamal Charles, I, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is he's, he's had, uh, you know, 5,000-yard-plus seasons and some significant, significant seasons. I know it's been a while. Last 2012, 1500 yards, 1467 in 2010. Uh, I, and I understand it's, it's been a while, but he's injury prone. But the flip side of being injury prone is if he's strong enough, if he's back at 100%, he has a lot less wear on his tires than some of these other guys. So I understand it's the 10th season. Um, you know, it's, it's, he's getting up there in age, he's 30. It's, it's not what you want to see in running back. But, you know, it was only two years ago that, or three years ago, I should say, that he was actually very, he was actually relatively effective, and only four years ago when he was basically a top five running back in the NFL. Now, that being said, that being said, he does have some ball handling issues. 21 fumbles in his 10-year career, and that's including the three seasons which he didn't play. So basically seven seasons, 21 fumbles, 13 fumbles lost. That's not going to cut it as an every down back. I do think Jamal Charles slots in as a nice change of pace back for uh, C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson not terribly great at catching the ball. I think Jamal Charles can be better at that out of the backfield. Devontae Booker, totally uh, non-factor in my book at this point. He was all time on him at the beginning of last season. And, uh, and uh, you know, honestly, I don't know a lot about uh, D'Angelo Henderson, but I, I really severely, uh, I don't think he's going to be ready for prime time for at least another year. So, I agree with you, C.J. Anderson, but I do think Jamal Charles can be a good complement there in the backfield for the Broncos. Bigger problem for the Broncos, though, I think, is their quarterback. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Bigger problem quarterback or bigger problem running back for Denver? Uh, I, I think they're they're equally as bad. Um, you know, I think there's you know my favorite saying, and I've I've added on to it. You know, the the most important ability is availability, and, and you know, especially football, that's probably the most important. Um, but I'd put I'd, I'd add on to it that the most important abilities are availability and ball security. Um, and so when you, have, yeah. when you have a guy who's fumble prone, um, you know, in the backfield, and then you have two young quarterbacks um, who I have no faith in, um, you know, whatever way you go there, um, you know, I just – I could easily see a season where, where the Denver Broncos are leading the AFC in, uh, in, in turnovers. Right. Okay, well, there's well, lots to be seen. I mean, we'll see how it all sorts out. OTAs is kind of running along. We're starting to get some more information. All those first-round, second-round draft picks are all being signed. It's going to be exciting. Getting ready for that new season. Speaking of which, let's talk about some more way-too-early predictions uh, because we love to do that here and because we're deep in the offseason. Let's talk about that again. So, Let's talk about the NFC first, because I know who you think the AFC champion is going to be. But let's talk about the NFC first. Who do you think Not is going to be the NFC champion in 2017? Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I emailed you earlier. Um, it's been 10 days since our last podcast, and uh, <laughs> right. I was at work, and I'm driving home now. So I've completely forgotten who I had in the, in the NFC championship game in our, in our way too early prediction. So I'm just going to go with what my, uh, my mind says now 10 days later. Um, I'm taking the Packers. Um, you know, I, I won't uh, tip my hand at who I got in the AFC, but um, you know, I think I think finally we're going to see Rodgers uh, versus an elite AFI quarterback matchup we've all been uh, you know uh, pining for for about uh, eight years now. So um, I think the Packers. I mean, it, it comes down to, and maybe this is a stupid way to think, you know, because it's not. I'm not breaking it down. I'm not sitting here 
uh, running the numbers, going position by position. But Aaron Rodgers is too damn good to go to one Super Bowl in his career. At some point, the guy has to get back there. Um, and I just think the NFC is down right now. Um, I think the Atlanta Falcons are destroyed from what happened last year, and I don't think you recover from that. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I think the Seahawks are kind of in a transitional period. So um, you put all that together, I, I'm going to go I'm gonna go. The, the Packers finally break through for the first time in seven years and get back to the big game. So I will, I'll actually have just two that I there's, – there's one that I'm really, really interested in, and I know you're going to disagree with me. And then the other one I – was the one I said was kind of a long shot. So I'm, I was thinking about, and I love the Packers pick. Okay, I love the Packers pick, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy who copies the pick. So let's not go with the Packers. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say that they managed to break through in their second season. I know how you feel about Jack Prescott. I think he will take a step forward this year. I think they're actually going to see some, 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 uh, some even greater offense and even better defense. I, I think there's something in the future for those guys. Now I will again say that the dark horse for me are the Giants. I, and I think that they kind of missed out on LeGarrette Blunt because they could actually use a between-the-tackles guy. Paul Perkins is not the guy, and they got Wayne Gallman there. They, they drafted. He's probably not ready for prime time yet. So, But the Giants on the offensive side as far as in, over the air and on defense seem pretty set. And I think they have an outside chance of actually kind of getting there. Uh, but I'll go with the Cowboys, and I know that you uh, – I know you <laughs> I know how you feel about that. But I do like the Packers pick. So let's turn to the other side of the ball. I already know who you're going to pick. Who's going to win the AFC Championship? Um, well, I'm going to go with it's the, the Dolphins, right? Obviously the Dolphins. You know, Sorry, in all honesty, I think – I think the Dolphins get back to the playoffs again this year, and I think they are, they are building something over there. And I think they're the first AFC oh, East team um, to, to start to finally put it together, and I really like Gates as a coach. Um, so I think I think the, my, the only reason I won't go out uh, won't go out here and say that I think the Patriots are finally going to um, go back uh, and get that and finish that 19 and 0 this time around is because I do right. think they lose in Miami this year. But um, but I, oh. that's the one blip on the radar. Um, they're going to run wow. the table. I mean. They're just an absolute wagon right now, and, that, and that's not that's not. I mean, they brought back the entire receiving core that just won a Super Bowl, plus Gronkowski and Brandon Cooks, and uh, and, and replaced Martellus Bennett with Dwayne Allen, who, who who I think in this system will be as good. They've upgraded at running back, adding Gillisley. You brought back White and Lewis, and I, and I like Burkhead on the team now. You've added Gilmore to replace Logan Ryan. Um, you got another year of Eric Rowe and Cyrus Jones. You brought back Hightower. I mean. It's just, it's just absolutely filthy um, from, from front to back. And then um, Trey Flowers' emergency end of the year, having a full season as, as your number one guy uh, with the two kids they drafted and mixed in there with Ninkovich again. I mean, I, I don't know. The, the only weakness on this team is place kicking. Um, Gostowski had a, had a really shaky year last year. He looked like he corrected it, and then he booted one off the uprights um, the minute the pass started to get uh, you know some momentum in overtime there, and thankfully they, uh, they were able to overcome that. So um, that, that is literally – when when you think that when I think that the kicker is the biggest need on this team, I feel pretty good about 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 them just uh, end end wagon. Um, so barring any major injury, but you know how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Brady could go down in week four, and Jimmy G could come in and they'll still win the damn Super Bowl this year. So um, you know, oh, obviously wow. I'm bullish on the Pats. Yeah, and you know what? You you have every right to be bullish on the Pats. I obviously will pick the Pats to win the AFC Championship as well. But uh, let me just say that. There's a team that I have my eye on, and uh, it's all to do with what happens at the quarterback position this year. 
but those Houston Texans can be sneaky good. I actually think that they have potential now uh, if they if they if that quarterback if that quarterback position actually works out for them. You know, I mean, you never know what's going to happen Transfer, transitioning from uh, from from uh, college to the pro football. But hey, there's a chance that those Houston Texans can put it all together now if that's going to work out for them. And, and it's still way, way too early to tell. But that's a team that I think has a lot that like, can do a lot. I do also think that the Oakland Raiders have some potential out there too. And I know that you don't quite feel the same way, but I, I like Carr a lot. No, I like Carr. And I, I, I love the Houston pick. I, have, I, I think I said in our – our way too early predictions last uh, podcast. I have I have the Texans going to the AFC Championship. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to lead his team to a Super Bowl in the first year, um, but that defense is really good. I like what Bill O'Brien's done, um, and I obviously love the wideout position because Will Fuller can stop having stone hands. Um, and I like the Raiders too. I actually I love the Raiders roster front to back, and I love what they started to build uh, build on defense. But um, quickly, you know, it's it's the law of averages. Um, and for every good season Jack Del Rio has, he sucks another season. So I'm not banking on Jack Del Rio coaching well two seasons in a row. Um, that's that's the fatal flaw with Oakland, if you ask me. <laughs> all right, so that's all the time we got. We're gonna ring the bell on our podcast, and we're down to the last minute. We're gonna talk about M- our we got MVP picks coming up. We'll do that next time, and we got a lot of the news for you. So tell us your Twitter and Instagram so people can follow you, Ryan. Yeah, it's uh, at uh, Ryan Whitfield, N-E, and football underscore garbage underscore time. And uh, follow along as I pray that the Ottawa Senators do not make it into the Stanley Cup and ruin hockey. <laughs> All right. And you can follow me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter. And we got a lot more coming up with you. We'll probably get some more history uh, in our next couple of podcasts as well. So check on back. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. <laughs>